Hey everybody, Donnie Bovine here. Thank you so much for listening to the episodes. Do me a favor, if you get any value out of these, would you leave me a review? It would mean the world to me. I'm on a massive mission to help as many people as I possibly can get to freedom through building a business. I gotta be honest, building a business is by far the toughest thing I've ever done in my life, and I promise you, my business has worked on me more than I've ever worked on it. I don't think there's a better tool in the world to meet the dude in the mirror than building your own company. You're going to find out what the hell you're made of. In these episodes, I bring on the people that have been through it, gone through it, done it, built monstrous companies, and I get them to coach me on how to actually level up, grow, and scale my business. They're hitting me with some hard questions. They're bringing some amazing advice. And, and I'm telling you, I take notes from every one of these episodes from these people that have actually lived it. They've gone through it and have turned their businesses into amazing empires. So I hope you find a ton of value in this. And I hope that this becomes something you come back to and listen to often. Having a lot of meetings and not getting sales. Hey, I'm Donnie Bovian, CEO and founder of Success Champion Networking and author of Endless Streamer Referrals. This is Growth Mode, a podcast all centered around growing and scaling your business. Hanging out with me as always is Kevin Snow, the sales automation tactician and genius. And on this episode, we're going to dive into how to stop having all the meetings and getting actually nowhere with so this is interesting for me because this was a bad thing I had early on, especially when I launched the business, because you know when you first get into building a company or you first get into sales, you kind of feel like you got to have this frenzy of action and you got to be doing all these things to actually feel like you're accomplishing anything. And I know for me that oftentimes I was literally meeting with as many freaking people as I could. But it had a lot to do for me because I didn't know actually 100% what I was selling, but I also didn't know exactly who I was selling to. So I was trying to figure it out. But I felt like meeting with all of these people would help me figure it out. And what it led to was let me led me getting really tired, really exhausted, really worn the fuck out because I was exerting so much energy trying to serve them all versus getting laser focusing and talking to people. So I'm excited about this episode to dive in to specifically how we can help people get through all the bajillions of meetings so they can get some actual results out of this. Go ahead. I think it's a really, like you said, a huge thing for new salespeople because you need to have the meetings and you want to show your boss uh, if you're working for a company or if you know a new uh, if it's a new business you want to have that pipeline you want to show them hey i'm i'm doing stuff and i'm i'm getting activity and i'm getting new meetings but it has a couple really negative outcomes on you one of them that you talked about that just saps the energy out of you because you're mm-hmm. so busy and you're so active but then it gives you a really false busy false busy yeah false busy but then you know, most salespeople are going to add all those into your pipeline. 
So now it's showing, you know, you're going to have a really false forecast. And because you're going to have all these businesses in there that are most likely you're going to spend a ton of time on that aren't ever actually going to close. Well, and I think from a, from a kind of a sales management or a business owner perspective, when you have a new sales guy in or whatnot, you kind of have to let them go fuck this process up. Yep. Because you, you really need them to, unfortunately, I think, land some shitty deals with the wrong clientele and the wrong people so they can learn quickly to go after the right type of account. I think those types of clients, because uh, I know we're going to delve into if you have all these meetings, you're probably meeting with the wrong people. But I think when you're starting out, meeting with those people is still somewhat beneficial. Because it allows you as that new new guy to practice. Yes. And agreed. to figure out what you want to say. And you're not actually burning the good leads. You're not burning the good prospects because you don't know what to say. You're getting in front of them and you're trying to figure out what you want to say. And when you can leave the meeting, you say, oh, my God, that fucking sucked. I can't believe I said it that way. That was dumb. And you're okay. Yeah. And it's not going to have a huge impact on your business. Yeah, I go back to this young buck that was training with me years ago. He was 22, fresh out of college, and he was selling labels for a commercial label company. And man, he's like, "Dude, just just let me go. Let me let me figure this out." I'm like, "Cool, go." And he was getting appointments. I mean, he was hammering the phones and getting appointments, and he was going on a ton of meetings and he was bringing in a ton of jobs. But their average job to do like a profitable label run, you need to be doing like a million labels. And he was bringing in these jobs that were like 500 labels or a thousand labels. And, you know, he's like, it, man, it costs more to set up the machine to Joe, do totally. that than you get make money from it. Totally. And me and his vice president of sales kept laughing because we we're like, he's going to figure this out. And, you know, at one point he had like 60 jobs going of these thousand labels. And it was royally kicking his ass. Um, and we weren't stepping in. And, the you know, it was like a Friday afternoon. We go out for cocktails. He comes out with us and he sits down and goes, all right, something's got to give because this ain't working. I'm fucking exhausted trying <laughs> to deal with all these people. They're high maintenance. I said, well, go for one bigger account and see what happens. Go for somebody that scares you. And so the next week he just started going after bigger clients he landed one client that got him his first million label order, you know, which to put that in perspective, guys, that's like a $4,500 job. It's not a massive deal, right? Um, to put that really in perspective, how small all those other jobs were, <laughs> and he was making no money off of them. So he lands this million, like million labeled job and the company and the process went so smooth, so streamlined because they knew what they were ordering. They knew what they were looking for. So they had all their files, right? They had everything locked and loaded. He was able to walk up, put it in the system. They printed the labels. A couple of days later, they got him. It was out the door. He called me and John up on, on a conference call. And he's like, I'm never small selling a small client ever again. He goes, I'm never going through that crap ever again. But to your point, he also said, man, having all those small conversations allowed me to have the big conversation. You know, it allowed him to learn through it. So, so it's healthy to go through those early stages of the rapid fire volume of conversations. But at some point, you got to turn the page, man, and start getting, you know, 
laser focused in on the exact people and the type of people you want to do business with, or you're going to stay miserable. Yeah, it, it's it's really cool to to look at your accounts and say, "Wow, look at all these really you know all these sales calls I have this week." But if nothing's coming from it, you know, something has to give, and you have to figure out why. And I, I think a lot of business owners fail to do that piece of being a business owner and looking at their actual activity and what they're doing on doing in their business and figure out if it's actually working. You know, yeah, that's something that we we're really bad at that at the beginning as well with success champions <laughs> that and that we got much better at. And we figured out, all right, so this thing is taking a lot of time and none of us actually like doing it uh, until we can find someone who does. We're going to get rid of this thing uh, and and really f- f- honing in where our activity actually made us money. Yeah, I mean, it's huge. Um, so many projects we launched and, and we truthfully thought that they were good ideas. We really thought that they would be, you know, an amazing thing. Like we talk about like the magazine, you know, we thought the magazine was going to crush it and we had a ton of readers and we got a lot of feedback, but it never led to prospects, clientele. It never accomplished what we had hoped it would, would accomplish. And it was taking up a massive amount of time for us to produce it and put it all together from Donald Dotson doing all the creative to Kevin to do all the automation, and Sarah, you know, doing all the graphics and everything with it. I mean, it was it was a lot of freaking work um, to bring it all together. And it wasn't turning results, but it felt like early on that like, oh, this is going to be something, you know, until it got to, I don't forget how many issues we did. We finally said, you know, this isn't the thing, but we would have never known had we not gone through that it wasn't the actual thing. And I think for a lot of people, you know, it's, it's the same philosophy. You got to go through it to, to figure it out. So if somebody's at that stage where they haven't assessed, you know, all their meetings and they haven't looked at them, how do they actually assess who they should be targeting so they can reduce the level of meetings and get more success early on um, or earlier in the conversations? So w- when I'm working with salespeople on this specific idea and helping them narrow and niche into who they're targeting, there's two questions I always ask people up front. Uh, the first question is, who is your favorite client? And why? And I make them quantitize why Wait, they really. Quantitize or quantify? Yeah, I like my word. <laughs> I just never heard quantitize. I feel like you just made that shit up. <laughs> I may have, but I'm going to go with it. And it is so a make word. sure you quantitize it, guys. <laughs> Fuck <Hey>. me. <laughs> Kevin just gonna make up his own vocabulary today. I um, want really big, cool words, and I'll I'll make them up if I have to. So no, but you, you know you have to go in, and they actually have to say I like working with them because of this. You know they don't have uh, they're they're not high maintenance. They pay their bills on time. You know they uh, we can provide them really awesome results. And they have to list all those things out. And then I do the vice versa of that and ask them, all right, so who, which of your clients do you absolutely hate? And then I allow have them take all their clients and start putting them in. I like them. I don't like them. And we figure out what are all the similarities between the ones that they like 
you know, are they an industry? Are they a size? Is it a personality thing? And they start, we start building out, really building out their avatar. And then we've started also on the ver- reverse side, start building out their anti-avatar. Uh, ooh, all right, here's all the red flags. You know, can you imagine if people would have an anti-avatar in dating? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh you're not the one. Sorry. Uh, all the issues it would save. So, but, but that's the first question. You really have to figure out who you actually like yeah, and start singling them out. Yeah, I want to throw in there just a thought process because I think people, I think people play it safe too often, and they're going after people that they're one hundred percent comfortable around, and those aren't always the people they should be going after. So, like, I talked to a young gal last week, and she's like, "I have seven clients." I'm like, "Cool, tell me about them." And she's like, well, I got them all going through this weekly workshop program and they're telling me they're getting a lot out of it. I said, cool. How much are they paying? She goes, oh, they're not paying anything. I said, wait, I thought you said they were clients. <laughs> and she goes, but they, they are. They're going through a program. I said, honey, for them to be clients, they actually have to be paying you. Right. Or there has to be an exchange of services. And I said, you know, your problem, if you will, right now is those seven people that you're working with are giving you a false sense of actually accomplishing something because you're investing into them and getting a, you know, feel like you're accomplishing and moving things forward because they're getting help and advice. But all of this doing is keeping you out from actually selling people who can afford to actually pay you. And so I think for a lot of people, they got to quit playing it safe and start, looking at that favorite clientele. And the biggest factor is it's a revenue producing client on the higher end scale of what you sell, not the lower end scale, because you got to get comfortable going after the bigger deals. And I'm not saying you always have to swing for the fences, but that avatar has got to be somebody that pushes you a little bit to make sure you can actually grow a business and not create a shitty job for yourself. That was a big learning thing for me as I was building out time on target was going, bringing on that bigger client. And it wasn't necessarily always a more, a higher revenue client, but that client that was going to push my skill set and make me do things that I knew I could probably figure out and do, but I wasn't exactly sure how yet. Uh, And having that uh, uncomfortable feeling Mm. was a big learning, uh, a big shift for me in my personality to feel comfortable feeling uncomfortable and to be okay saying, all right, I'm going into doing this big thing. I'm that I'm scared shitless of doing, but it's going to be all right because I actually am good at what I do and I'll figure it out. And that is a big step for a lot of business owners. And we see that with our champions table members a lot. Yeah. And I think, you know, and I'll speak strictly for me. It's the more you actually like yourself and who you are, the ability to go after bigger business is a lot easier. Um, I, I, I know for me, my struggle was I tended to put people on these weird pedestals, like they'd accomplish so much more than me or whatever, you know, and trying to sell to people your services and, you know, they're, they're technically running or a part of a bigger company, something else. A lot of crazy ass stories would run through my head. 
And I think the reason that people are playing it safe is because you have to expose yourself and show that you may not have all the answers that, you know, you, you may have some learning going on as you work with these people. And that takes courage to have that out there on the table to be actually be able to look at somebody and say, Hey, cool. This will be my first time doing X. You know, I'm going to learn through this process with you guys, but here's why I know I can do it because I've done all this other stuff, you know, and that's a cool way to show up and be able to put yourself out there. But uh, you got to get past that old mental head trash of your own that you can handle this, you can do this, you can do whatever. Um, every one of us has been in so many situations where we didn't think we could handle that we fucking rocked it out and got through and realized it wasn't as hard as we made it out to be. So, but, you know, that's that's going after those bigger clientele allows you to free up a shit ton of your time because you're not having the bajillions of freaking conversations and also you're getting into the right conversations more often. I'll go back to that kid selling labels. Once he realized that he shouldn't be going after the microbrew beer companies that needed, you know, small run batches of labels. And he started going after these higher end, you know, things that were on the shelves in the grocery stores and doing these bigger orders. I mean, this kid just landed 7-Eleven as an account. $8 million deal he just landed, right? And and it's a massive shift that when you can go have a conversation that one deal is $8 million, it is a complete shift in mental, you know, how you see yourself, how you show up versus constantly stand back. I mean, he could have made a living trying to sell nothing but those damn private label beer companies, you know, but uh, going after the big fish gets you a lot of time. And I can promise you that kid doesn't yeah. work past five o'clock any day because he loves his lifestyle. Yeah. I remember when I was doing the Nextel thing, there was a couple of people on my team that were putting in orders every day, a couple orders every day, but they were selling like one or two phones each order. I'm like, all right, so you're going to hit quota, but oh my God, that's so much work. The first time, I remember the first time I closed a big deal, uh, and it was actually a re really nice deal. It was like 30 phones, so like half my quota. I was like, oh, this this is awesome. I like this. Now all the little stuff is just bonus. You know, I'll do them if I have time and make extra money, but I'm now focusing on big deals. And it really it made the light switch go on for me the first time it happened. I'm like, oh, my God, this is so much better. It was like uh, I landed an account called Danko. And if you go into like a Home Depot, this went back when I did commercial printing. Um, when you go uh, into a Home Depot or Lowe's, if you go to the plumbing section, you're going to see most of those little tiny screws and facets and whatever knobs they're all made by danko and we were printing all the labels for them for the central u.s it was a pretty large account and it was a ton of thousand dollar two thousand dollar orders but we were doing like 30 to 40 of these orders a day for them you know and we were able to batch run them and everything else and the first time through we did one thousand dollar label was always a little bit wonky because you had to do checks and make sure everything was right and all the numbers. But from there on out, unless they changed something, it was like clockwork printing. And man, what literally when we got that account rolling, we put a customer service rep on their CSR on there 
And I never talked to him. All she did is basically just take orders. And it just kept churning. I'm like, shit, I need more of those. So I started yeah. going after more companies that had SKUs, you know, more items on there because the more they consistently ordered, the less work I actually had to do. It was awesome. You know? Yeah, my my largest accounts, they understood the concept about sales versus service and support. And mm. when they had a broken phone, they knew to just go to the service center and get it yep. fixed. Uh, and if there were issues there, then they'd call me. Uh, they would, you know, and they'd always, they were growing. They were a large company that was always adding people. So, you know, I was getting add-on orders from them all the time. I'm like, oh my God, if I get like five or six of these, I don't have to prospect near as much. I don't have yep. to run 10 new appointments a week if I yep. don't want to. I can run five and still blow quota out of the water. And, and it was awesome. But I, it was going through all the little crap that allowed me to figure that out. Absolutely. Absolutely. And watching what other people in the office were doing and how much they were running and like, wow, I, I don't want to do that was, was really key. So I know for you, both you and I, we got to kind of a point of frustration or like, okay, there's got to be a better way to do this you know, to get the accounts. But if somebody is in that place where they're doing all the meetings right now and they haven't got to that frustration place where they shift, how do they either A, go after the bigger clientele or start focusing on a higher level target, you know, prospect? I mean, what's what's the move? What's the shift? And how do they identify it? So I, I think if they're not at the frustration level, but they want to get their feet wet, the easiest way is just to find that company that you really want to have as a client. That you look at them and say, oh my God, this would be so cool if I could do my thing for them and I could I could do this stuff and be awesome. And find them one that's a little bit bigger, you know, something that has a little bit of a name, a little bit of a presence in your market. And then just start figuring out how you get in front of them and trying to figure out how you utilize your network to get that first meeting. And then and then sell them and then go do it. And, and that's always everything that we ever teach. That's going to be the answer. Just go do it. Yeah, no you know, put your, no you know, put your foot in the water and test it out. He was going to say, and, put your big boy pants on. It's okay. <laughs> no. yeah. But, you know, but, but, you know, th th I think that's right. And I think if you're selling to individuals, start thinking about what group of individuals can I sell and quit thinking about the one-on-one -on -one type thing, you know, and start thinking about volume. I mean, I don't care what you sell. There's a bigger way to to sell. I mean, go to, to go to houses. You can sell a hundred thousand dollar home if there's even such a thing left in the world, you know, uh, you know, all day long. Or you can focus on nothing but multi million dollar homes. And it's, a, you know, the difference between selling a hundred thousand dollar home is lots of traditional networking yeah. chamber, all that crap. You know, if you're going to go after million dollar homes, you better be with a million people who can afford a million dollar home or hanging the fuck out. And in, and in those circles with those type of people. And I mean, I don't care what you sell. There's a person that can safely, easy buy your services. And then there's big money deals that you can go after. And I think the more you challenge yourself to go after the bigger money deals, the more you're going to evolve and the easier and simple, more simple the conversations are going to get um, as you continue to push and, and, and push yourself. Yeah. And I found when I did that, I, I was watching a bunch of people in my space that were 
not the website, but in my yeah. industry. I was for I, two I seconds. The... I'm like, why is he talking about MySpace? <laughs> um, I, I, I figured You're showing I your age for that for everyone. <laughs> yep. Hey, you still have a MySpace page, but but you know, I actually uh, never had a MySpace page. So. Neither did I. <laughs> I. I thought it was dumb when it came out. I'm like, what? Why do I need this? But I went out and I, I saw a bunch of people that did what I did that were having really huge success in, in manufacturing. I'm like, cool. I was in technology. I'm like, there's some similarities. I'm going to test out the manufacturing thing. So I went and did some manufact couple of manufacturing jobs. And I'm like, I don't like this. This isn't for me at all. This sucks. This isn't fun. And uh, I did that a few times where I was like, oh, I'm going to try this because I knew it would be bigger and push me. And then I guess, yeah, not doing it again because I don't like it. And but that's the benefit of going out and testing those waters. And you might find that, oh, this is awesome. I'm totally doing this. Or you're like, oh, yep, not a thing for me. And now you can cross that off of your marketing. And you don't have to worry about wasting time anymore. Yeah, no, I like that. I like that. So I think, you know, really the kind of the biggest takeaway or thing for this episode is the way to get out of all the meetings is is one, get out of your own head and quit playing it safe. Um, you know, quit, quit going after the easy, comfortable people that you can try and sell and move. And two, go after the, the, the bigger ones that, that challenge you and push you. Um, I like how Kevin put it as, you know, go after that, that big brand name that, you know, you would love to work with that, that if you got them as a client, you know, it'd be like a bragging right for you because you're so passionate about their brand or what they do. Um, it's a really cool way to look at it. So, so get out there and, and go push yourself and, and you'll, you'll learn who the right conversations are a lot quicker by going after a lot bigger fish. So as always guys, if you got any tips, tricks, any value out of this, do us a favor, please make sure you leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure you're subscribed and tell one person about the show. Uh, it means everything to us. Love you, mean it. See you, bye. When I created Success Champions, it was on the idea that most people make themselves an island as they're growing their business. Yet they just don't want people to know how bad things are because if anybody knew how bad things are, nobody would do business with you. So like me, they don't often reach out for advice. They don't get support. They just try and put their head down and grind through it. And let's be honest, man, that, that lifestyle sucks. And when you're constantly trying to find yourself to push through it and figure it out on your own, it often leads to misery. We created Success Champions so you don't make yourself an island, so you don't build your business alone. There are a ton of people that are going through it on the same journey that are looking for the same advice you are. Maybe they've been through it and are looking to help. So come hang out with Success Champions. Go to successchampionnetworking.com, go visit one of our peer groups, and let's help you actually get to business freedom. Don't build your business alone. Come hang with us as Success Champions.